The United Soccer Coaches is proud to present the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer broadcaster Dean Linke. That's right, the NSCAA is now the United Soccer Coaches. We aren't changing who we are, just what you call us. Start your free, no-risk trial membership today. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org slash join today. We unite coaches at every level of the game around the passion of the game. Now, here's our host, Dean Linke. I am Dean Linke, enjoying this time of the year. Hope you are too. Delighted to spend some time with you as we put the focus this week more on men's soccer but before we do that we'll bring in rob keel the director of college programs for the united soccer coaches as he breaks down some of the big games as part of the 64 team field announced for the division one women's soccer tournament which begins this weekend then we'll roll right into some premier coaches at the d1 men's soccer level how about chad wiseman you kidding me the head coach of the western michigan broncos that's right the Western Michigan Broncos, number four in the country and hosting the Mid-American Conference Men's Soccer Tournament this weekend in Kalamazoo. Also, the Big Ten regular season champion head coach from the Michigan Wolverines, Shaka Daly, will join me. And then we'll visit with another member of our United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 crew, Rory Lynch, the assistant coach for Fairleigh Dickinson Florham D3 in New Jersey, also the director of coaching for the Cheshire Soccer Academy in New Jersey. Big program, good times. United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap begins after this message from you-know-who, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to teamsnap.com slash NSCAA1. Once again, here's Dean. I am Dean Linke, and this is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Last week, heavy focus on women's soccer. This week, it's men's soccer time as the conference tournament for men's soccer underway, but also the 64-team field for the women's soccer NCA Division I has been announced. So to set the table for the entire show, we welcome back our favorite, Rob Kehoe, the director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches. Rob, great to be with you to start the show. Thanks, Dean. This is your favorite time of the year, tournament time, the women's 64 team field has been announced it is and it can be a tough situation for the teams that were not selected for instance university of wisconsin milwaukee goes through the season unbeaten at 16-0-4 and then loses in penalty kicks in the horizon league championship in a game where they outshot the opponent 33-9 and the iupui keeper sophia lipka had 17 saves and so milwaukee got left out of the bracket in the opening round, and this is really challenging when you look at this, to try to even get into that second round of 32, we have three SEC and ACC battles. You have Arkansas going to NC State, Alabama going to Clemson, and then Mississippi goes to Florida State. And then you have one Big Ten battle with the SEC, and that's Ohio State hosting Vanderbilt. Then there are some interesting regional battles that are going to be going on this weekend. Northwestern, who came on strong at the end of the season out of the Big Ten, they host Butler out of the Big East. Baylor hosts Rice in Texas. Texas also hosts 
Conference USA foe, North Texas, who is perennially a strong team. And then Georgetown, out of the Big East, has to travel to Wake Forest to meet the Demon Deacons at Spry Stadium. And that's an interesting one because Georgetown is more highly ranked than Wake Forest at this time. And then there's one out-of-region battle that is going to be an interesting one to look at, and that's Central Florida has Washington State traveling across the country to meet Central Florida that's had a very strong season, including their win over North Carolina. And probably one of the most interesting matchups in the women's side in the first round is Santa Clara going to Cal. And that's always a big challenge out on the West Coast. Santa Clara that started 3-5-1 and one on the season, finished the season at 10-1-0, and zero, got themselves into the tournament coming in second in the West Coast Athletic Conference. And they've already played Cal this year, and Cal won that game on September 20th, 2-1. So that is going to be a very, very good game to keep an eye on, as are these 10, which are my prime timers for this opening round of the Division One tournament. Those are your prime timers for women's soccer. You also will give us five can't-miss games as conference tournament season heats up this weekend for men's soccer D1 style. Yes, and on the men's side in the ACC tournament, they're into their semifinals that are going to be played on college campuses, and then they go to to, uh, Charleston, South Carolina for their final on Sunday. And the first one is Clemson going to Wake Forest to Spry Stadium, uh, and these games will be played Wednesday night, so you'll have the outcomes of those when we have the podcast. But they played earlier in the season. Wake Forest won 3-2 to two in a double overtime in front of 4,800 people. So that should be an exciting encounter. Then Notre Dame goes to Virginia. Notre Dame and Virginia have also played this year earlier, and they tied 1-1. to one. All three of the teams, with the exception of Wake Forest, were lower-seeded teams in the ACC quarterfinals that won their games and advanced to the semis. Then you have the Big Ten, and Indiana that's still undefeated at 14-0-4. They got past Penn State in the 99th minute of their game and won that game 1-0. They play Ohio State, and Ohio State upset Michigan State, although I'm sure Ohio State's not upset. Ohio State was 0-8-1 coming into the last nine games of the regular season going into the conference tournament, and they beat Michigan State 2-1 on Sunday. And then you have a rematch of Wisconsin, who played at Michigan and lost 2-1. Wisconsin beat Maryland on Sunday 2-1 at Maryland, so they'll play in the semifinals also. Those games in the Big Ten semifinals are at Grand Park in Westfield, Indiana, just north of Indianapolis. And then you have the final Pac-12 game. They don't play a conference tournament, so this is a regular season game, and it's Stanford and Cal. Stanford's already won the Pac-12, but this is going to be a very important game for both as far as seeding for the NCAA men's tournament. Stanford and Cal had played previously in the season with Stanford prevailing 3-0. So those are my top five on the men's side. I'm going to add another couple big games, though, as Western Michigan, the Broncos, number four in the country. They'll take on West Virginia. Akron and SIUE sit on the opposite side of those brackets. Mid-American Conference Soccer, knowing that Chad Wiseman is up next. Are you kidding me, Rob Kehoe? Yes, and if we get a Western Michigan-Akron game in that final, that is going to be a tremendous game for this because Western Michigan hosts, and they've already had some 
explosive crowds there, and it would be a fantastic game for the Mid-American Conference and for men's college soccer leading into the tournament. I told Chad Wiseman, you're a Midwestern guy, that you're thrilled for the Broncos. Am I right about that? Absolutely, and as we talked about last week, Akron is a team that has been riding high over the last number of games, and they've played already this year with Western Michigan winning. So if they get to that final, that's going to be a fantastic match. And finally, Shaka Daly, he hung in there. He stayed the course. He didn't give up despite some tough times. He's also on the program. You said it already, the Big Ten regular season champion, Michigan Wolverines. You've got a great show, Dean. Well, it started off with you, Rob Keogh, the director of college programs for the United Soccer Coaches. Thanks for kicking us off, Rob. Exciting tournament time, Dean. Take care. And with that, Chad Wiseman, the head coach of the number four Western Michigan Broncos from the Mid-American Conference comes up next on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Looking for ways to improve your training sessions? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for over 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential for every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to take your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. I want to thank Rob Kehoe for setting the table. And did he get excited? Remember, he's a Midwestern guy. Did he get excited about the fact that the Western Michigan men's soccer team is number four in the country? Well, he did. And I am excited. A Mid-American Conference boy myself. And guess what? The head coach of the Western Michigan Broncos, Chad Wiseman, joins me now. Chad, thanks for being on the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to, to have the conversation. Well, I'm going to say it one more time. Number four in the country. Tell me what that means to you, your student-athletes, and the university. Well, it makes me a very, very proud coach. Uh, to the student-athletes, I think it means everything. Yeah, you know, I mean, every, every team works really, really hard, and I don't think our team is any different. The results have kind of lined up the right way for us, and, uh, you know, we've just kind of embraced this, this whole regular season. And, you know, the 15 wins has been something that, They've worked hard for them. We've played some very good teams, and I think we just got a little bit of buzz. People talking about Western Michigan soccer, people talking about Western Michigan that might not know where we're at in the soccer world. Yeah, and we're excited <laughs> about it. Well, and, you know, before we came on the air, you talked about the fact that uh, before it was maybe a, quote, elephant in the room, and I love that you opened up to me about that, and you said, you know what, let's embrace it. Talk about that process before we get to know you a little bit better. Well, I mean, it probably started about seven or eight weeks ago, right, when we got off to a good start uh, in the regular season, and then we came into some heavy hitters on our schedule, and we started to get a couple of those results. And so from a national scene, people started to take notice. You know, there's a, we tried to go with the, the theory of, a, you know, let's not hide from it, let's embrace it, you know, let's understand why we are where we are in some of these rankings. You know, whether you're talking about uh, United Coaches Association rankings or the RPI and how we get there and, and what we got to do maybe to improve on that. So that's kind of what we've done from week to week every time the polls come out. Okay, so let's get to know you a little bit. Chad Wiseman, you grew up where? I know you went to Western Michigan, but talk about uh, where you grew up and where you went to high school and how you ended up being a player at Western Michigan. Grew up in St. John's, Michigan, just north of, uh, of East Lansing uh, where the Spartans call home. I was a, was, a, was, a, was a soccer player in my youth career. I also played a little basketball. Enjoyed that as well. Then found my way to Kalamazoo. There's a new coaching staff here. Chris Karwalski was in the first year coach and he had spotted me and they went on a campus visit. Really fell in love with Kalamazoo and the university. 
you know, I've called Kalamazoo home every year since 1998. Changed my roles a few times over here. Very, very uh, proud and, and uh, happy that I made the decision to come study and play soccer at Western Michigan. Uh, a unique thing, I mean, when uh, when I arrived at, at Western Michigan, my captain, who was a junior, was Eric Pogue, who was the Oakland men's soccer head coach. So my first two years of uh, playing college uh, soccer was underneath his leadership, and then now fast forward to where we're at now in our careers, and we compete against each other. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Chad Wiseman was a four-year letter winner at Western Michigan, 98 to 99, then 2000 to 2001. Played in 66 career matches and led the roster in scoring in three of his four campaigns. He served as team captain during his senior season and earned a Bachelor of Science degree from Western Michigan in 2009. Okay, so when did you know you wanted to be a coach? You know, here you are playing and probably enjoying it. Captain, clearly you're a leader. When did you know you wanted to be a coach, Chad? Well, it was probably somewhere in my senior year. You say a lot of nice things about me, but uh, somewhere in my senior year, I probably figured out that uh, my career was going to come to an end athletically. And and to be fair, I'm probably a lot better at coaching than I ever was at playing. But, um, uh, you know, somewhere in there, I knew I wanted to stay involved in uh, in sports, you know. And uh, Coach Karowski gave me a good opportunity when I was a young 22-year-old to come on as an assistant to Western and, uh, you know, just kind of put in my time and work through the ranks like every every young coach needs to do to get his opportunity. That also included a pretty good stint at Olivet, which is, uh, tell us about that university. I think it's D3, right, Coach? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it's a busy time for the Division Three world right now with the NCAA brackets coming out. But uh, uh, they competed in the MIAA, which is a, a very, very tough uh uh, Division Three conference in Michigan. Took over at Olivet College, uh, I think it was 2009. And I was there for four years, and to be honest with you, I think, you know, when we inherited the program, uh, it was in some tough shape, and, and that was what was intriguing about it, is that we could kind of mold and, and create a culture and, uh, and do things from the ground up. Uh, and I think we were able to have some success there. I think the biggest reason being we were able to recruit a better student-athlete to Olivet College that maybe they haven't seen yet in the men's soccer world. And I grew a lot as a coach in those four years. You know, I learned a lot of what not to do, um, a little bit of what to continue to do. You never really want to forget where you came from, right? And that was a big piece to my education and then trying to become a better coach. Obviously, you had the ties to Western Michigan as an athlete. Talk about the process of, hey, they need a new head coach. How did that all come down? How'd that shake out? Well, I think anybody that competes in college athletics that gets into coaching kind of always sees themselves maybe having an opportunity someday or at least wishes to have an opportunity someday to coach at their alma mater. And you look at the state of Michigan, Damon Resnick, and he's doing it. And, you know, I have a unique opportunity to do it myself. But uh, when the position came available, you know, um, you know, we were having some success at Olivet College. And I think there was a lot of really good candidates that Western Michigan could have gone with. Uh, I think maybe when I got on campus and, and I got to see what it was all about, uh, you know, they're willing to give me an opportunity. Um, uh, I guess you'd have to ask some of the ministers to be exact, but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, really, really, really happy that they chose me to be their leader. Well, and they're happy. 15-2-1, six in a row, 9-1-0 and and oh at home, just that one loss at home, and Folks, stay with me here. Listen to this. They beat Butler 3-2 to at the time, the number 15 team in the country. They beat Michigan, winners of the Big Ten, one to nothing. They beat Akron, always one of the predominant leaders, 1-0. They went toe-to-toe with Damon Rensing in Michigan State. Phenomenal schedule, and you beat West Virginia, and now you get to play 
the Max semifinals at home on Friday. Tell us about your game coming up. Well, I mean, uh, our, our the Kalamazoo community has, and there's a buzz around it right now. I mean, we're bringing the MAC championship right here to Kalamazoo. I think, uh, you know, with senior day, we eclipsed the 10,000 uh, fan mark in our 10 home games, which is a huge hurdle for us in Kalamazoo, and it's great for college soccer. Um, and so uh, we could be more happy for our supporters and, you know, our friends and our families that uh, we're bringing four really good teams and three really great games right here in Kalamazoo. It starts with Akron and um, SIUE uh, on the first game of Friday and then West Virginia and Broncos on the second game. Uh, we're really, really excited about it. We've never ever been able to compete in the MAC tournament, not had to travel. <laughs> so we get it right here in our backyard and um, some really high-end soccer. You look at the Mid-American Conference this year, uh, there's two, two, you know, Bowling Green and NIU didn't make the tournament. They're, they're very solid teams. Um, you know, top five ranked conference in all the nation. I think we're ranked four overall. Uh, and the four teams that will be representing the tournament are all very difficult outs. Oh, yeah, indeed, right? I mean, Akron's always right there. Marlon LeBlanc, such a well-coached team. And you guys come in, though, defensively incredible. As I look at it here, it looks like you've won your last five games by a score of 11 to nothing. So no goals allowed in the last five games. Tell us about why. Well, I think uh, I think it's time to give some love to one of our center backs, and his name is Zach Bach. I mean, if you play us, you know exactly who he is. Uh, but uh, I think he's making an argument right now that he could be one of the very best center backs in all the nations. A four-year starter. He's a he's a returning first-team All-Conference guy from last year. He's an All-Region player from last year as well. And the Great Lakes region is, is as good as any, if you ask me. Um, he, he's just very organized. He's, he's extremely athletic. And he's tough to beat. And he's getting the guys to compete. Um, and then you add in our senior goalkeeper and Drew Shepard and. Uh, you know, I think he could be very, one of the very best goalkeepers in the nation. I think if you talk to any college coach, when you got a couple seniors in your back line somewhere, especially with a lot of experience and they're very talented, they make everybody around them better. Um, and so I think it starts with those two guys for sure. Yeah, but I think everybody has to buy in. I mean, we talk about trying to compete for championships year in, year out. You talk about Akron, you know, they've won the MAC regular season 12 years in a row. There's a reason why they win those, you know, and. I think you look at Michigan State up the road, they, they compete for championships every single year and in the top ten every single year. You've got to be able to put up clean sheets if you want to try and have a legit chance to win a championship. And I think that all of them have realized that, and uh, I think you see that in, in some of the box scores that we played in this year. You're hearing the great voice of Chad Wiseman, the top man for the Western Michigan Broncos, number four in the country, looking to win a MAC title. And you mentioned the word bye. How about Brandon bye? 12 goals and five assists. Yeah, he gets a lot of love, doesn't he? Um, I mean, he's scoring the ball, and I think five of his 12 goals are game winners. He's a dominant presence. Uh, he's a unique soccer player at the college level. I think if you talk to any other opposing coaches, uh, you can have a good game plan for him for a while, and eventually he's going to be able to ha- leave his imprints in the game. He's the most explosive attacking player that I've ever been able to coach. Um, uh, really, really proud of, of the player that he's worked himself into, and I think he's turned a lot of eyes this fall. All right, you set the table pretty nicely for what's going on in Kalamazoo this weekend. If the Broncos do these two or three things, they will win the MAC tournament. Uh, we got number one. We got to stay focused. Uh, it's a new season for everybody, right? The regular season's done. Uh, we got to realize that we had a good regular season, but that's in the past. We got to stay focused. Uh, and number two, we got to stay disciplined in how we play. And then number three, we need our best players to be the best players. 
Those are three outstanding points. Okay, so Chad, here's the deal. If you guys win this tournament and ostensibly go to 17-2-1, and one, and it's time to seed your team, knowing that the you know the big five conferences will get a whole lot of love, understandably. Make your point, though, for a top four seed since you're number four in the country right now. Well, my point would be this. There's a lot of great teams in the nation, but let's talk about the Broncos, right? We've beaten the Big Ten champion. We've beaten the Big East champion. We've beaten the Horizon League champion. Um, we've beaten Akron, who's a top-10 team, and a 12-time uh, Mid-American Conference champion in a row. Um, our strength of schedule is in the top 25. Um, we've gone on the road and got big wins. Um, our time, we're, we're ready for this. We've earned this. Um, when you talk about having three wins against potentially the top 12 teams in the nation, uh, there's not a lot of programs out there that can say that. So I'm buying. I'm 100% buying. You know it. Uh, and if you can get it done, and, you know, at this point, to be honest with you, Coach, even if somehow you do get tripped up in this tournament, I still think you're going to get a high seed. What uh, kind of damage do you think you can make in the tournament? Well, listen, and we're talking about a program that's only been to the NCAA tournament one time in their lives <laughs> back in 2003, and that was a quick little cup of tea getting bounced by Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Um, so we'll have to embrace it. But, you know, I like our chances against any team in the country. I'm not saying that we can beat every team in the country, and that, that's what we'll do. But we're a tough matchup, you know, and, and the teams that might not be as familiar with us if they try to study us, I mean, yeah, we can play a lot of different styles. Uh, we're extremely athletic, and we got a confident bunch of guys right now. Um, and I think that uh, you know our regular season opponents that we have played, both in the Mid American Conference and our non conference schedule, has prepared us for whatever teams that we come up against in, in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and we'll be ready for that challenge. And I guarantee you, we'll. There'll be no easy out for anybody that we play. Final couple questions with the focus on Kalamazoo this weekend and beyond because of your success. What can you tell us about this great university, Western Michigan? Well, I mean, it's like, it's like we've got a saying, so welcome to Kalamazoo, right? Um, it's a great day to be a Bronco. Uh, you know, we've got 26, 27,000 students here. And we're halfway in the middle between Chicago and Detroit. It's a great community. You know, I think Coach Fleck got, a lot, got us on the map a lot last year for, for our football program going to the Cotton Bowl, but we got an unbelievable athletic department. And look at our hockey team this past weekend. We'd be the number one team defending national champions two times, Friday and Saturday. We swept them. I mean, there's just a buzz going around. It's a great, it's a great place to get a great education socially, to have, to have a great time and grow uh, from a young man or woman into the, to the, the person that you're going to become in your mid-20s. And, uh, you know, I know I did it in, in, in my college career, and I've stayed here. And uh, It's just a special place, um, and we call it home. And if you're coming through Kalamazoo, it's always a great spot to stop and stop downtown because there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great establishments that one would enjoy. Well, I know you've got bigger fish to fry, but uh, Chad Wiseman, I can tell you, is the longtime voice of the NSCA Game of the Week on Fox Soccer and now with the new chains for United Soccer Coaches. I had the great honor of traveling around and calling these games and then emceeing the awards banquet where I'll be again there this year with Dr. Ray Siplik. I got a feeling you might be up on that stage as the National Coach of the Year. What would that mean to you? Uh, just very humbled, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, I haven't really thought about that, but uh, um, there's so many good coaches in college soccer. You know, I, I guess one thing's for sure is that maybe we can recruit some good players to Western Michigan. I guess we can say that. Um, but, uh Really, you're only as good as, you, as the players that you got in front of you. And very, very proud of my team. And 
Uh, and my staff, I mean, I got an unbelievable staff. I think any head coach would tell you that, but uh, they're very loyal. Uh, they compliment me very, very well, and they're a big reason uh, to our success as well. Staff is Josh Ross, Shane Lyons, Mark Franklin, Doug Rack, Tim Herman, the strength and conditioning coach, Danny Whalen, right, uh, the trainer. We've all been together for quite some time, and sometimes in college sports, it doesn't work that way, right? Uh, sometimes assistants come and go, they get better opportunities. Uh, but, uh, you know, since uh, Western gave me the position, you know, four and a half years ago, those guys have been with me. And, uh, you know, we've been gradually working um, towards getting on the national scene. I think the boys are here now. Hashtag Bronco pride, right? Chad Wiseman played there and now leading the team number four in the country. Going to try to win a MAC tournament and try to get a big seed in the NCAA tournament, making their second appearance. Finally, Chad, uh, you're the leadoff, but uh, ironically, it's a heavy Michigan dose this week as Shaka Daly coming up next. You beat the Wolverines as well, and obviously you've got great respect for Michigan because I think you play them almost every year, don't you? Great respect for the Michigan program. I'm very, very happy for Coach Shaka and, and his team and his staff winning a Big Ten title. Um, you know, and, and, and you know they do what's right for college soccer. They brought the Wolverines into Kalamazoo this year and we were able to put 3,000 fans in there, and uh, you know, not all the big schools are willing to travel. Uh, but uh, one, one quick thing I'll tell you, when I my first year coaching, we went over and played Michigan, and they, they kind of pounded us 4-1 to one that year. And I'll never forget, Shaka said one thing to me. He said, you know, stick to your roots and what you're doing. Believe in what you're doing. Don't, don't weigh from it. Um, and for whatever reason, that always kind of sticks in my head, and I always appreciate those comments for them. But what a fantastic year they've had, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll match up again somewhere down the line. It could happen. Look at you, man. Great coach, number four in the country, and the perfect segue. I can't ask for more on this show. Coach, thanks for being with us. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. You heard the man, Chad Wiseman, the head coach of the Western Michigan Broncos men's soccer team. Up next, Michigan head coach Shaka Daly. They won the Big Ten regular season, going for a Big Ten tournament title this weekend in Grand Park. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Big focus on men's soccer today. Also, we spent some time breaking down the 64-team tournament with Rob Kehoe for the women's side. It's conference tournament time for the men. Chad Wiseman, what a job he did at Western Michigan. How about his segue? Talking about Shaka Daly, only the second head coach ever at Michigan. Started at Providence, coached at Providence, wanted the challenge of elevating Michigan, and he's done it this year. The Big Ten regular season champion Michigan Wolverines. How's that sound, Shaka Daly? Sounds great. That's no, uh, exciting. Uh, you know what we've we've gone through to kind of build build the program back up, and, and certainly we were pleased and and uh, excited about finding a way to get the result and finding a way in the last day, almost in the final hour, you know, to, to grab the championship, but we certainly worked hard for it and earned it. Well, and now you've earned a semifinal date in the Big Ten tournament against the University of Wisconsin. But before we get to there, you heard Chad Wiseman just talk about the fact that uh, they came into Ann Arbor several years ago. You put a beat down on a beat four to one. You pulled them aside and said, just stay the course. You did the same thing, Shaka. It was a rough year last year. You stayed the course and you're rocking and rolling. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's ups and downs in, in college soccer. You know, you have an eight week, eight to nine week season, and you know if things start well, you can hope hope to maintain it and kind of hit some form, depending on the depth in your team and the quality in your team. And 
if you start poorly, you sometimes, you know, question some things, guys question themselves, and then before you can turn it around, the season could be over. So we were, we were very fortunate um, <clears throat> to have been able to weather some storms. You know, we went down to Western Michigan and with a very difficult game, we lost to them and a uh, tough game against uh, Michigan State at home, but certainly we've been able to weather the storms throughout the course of the season and, and keep growing. And our, and our group stayed together, kept growing, and and uh, we made it happen near the end here, and hopefully we can we can keep growing going forward. Remind everybody why you decided to leave your alma mater where you put them on the map. In fact, you laid the foundation for Coach Stewart to keep on rocking with Providence. But what made you say, you know what, I want this challenge. I want to get out of my comfort zone and go to Ann Arbor. Well, certainly I went to Providence. I was an undergrad, grad student, um, was a part-time assistant for Brian Ainscoff. And then I was, uh, you know, grad assistant there as well while I was playing in the MLS for the New England Revolution. And, you know, after an extended amount of time as the head coach, it was 20 years, I was looking for something different. Certainly if you're, if you're not growing, you're staying the same. So we, you know, my wife and I decided to take on the challenge of going to uh, a different venue, a different environment, and an athletic culture, you know, second to none maybe in, in the country. And it was a, a big job with big, big-time football and certainly trying to put, you know, with the legendary coaches we have on, on our campus, you know, to just be in their shadow and, and watch them and learn from them was something that really intrigued me uh, about Michigan. And then certainly, you know, a program that was only, you know, 12 years old at the time, you know, trying to build something and grow something from the ground up again was, was certainly a challenge for me. And I, and I thought we could win a national championship uh, at the University of Michigan after stepping on campus. And, you know, we just, we just hope to grow and, and, and keep going in that direction sooner. What's been the greatest thing about being in Ann Arbor after accepting that challenge? The coaches, you know, the other coaches that are here, are, you know, there's, there's some Hall of Famers. You know, Coach Hutchins, softball, Hall of Famer, winning a softball coach ever, Red Berenson, you know, Hall of Fame hockey coach, John Beeline, you know, legend, Jim Harbaugh in football, Mike Bottom in swimming, I mean, Marsha Pankratz in field hockey, you name them. Hmm. Know where we have them at the University of Michigan. So just being in their presence, um, you know, around the offices and at coaches' meetings, you learn a lot, you know, from those coaches and how they've had uh, been able to sustain it at high levels at, at big time jobs for for many many years. So you know, that's obviously what I wanted to come into. You obviously have to build it first, and that's the process of growth we're going through. Um, but after you build it, you know, can you maintain it and continue to grow from it? And that's that's obviously the next challenge, you know. Can you continue to do what the powerhouses of college soccer do every single year and, and be competitive every year, uh, no matter what? So, you know, obviously that's the biggest challenge, the curse of expectation, right? You have. We have that a little bit at Providence, but we're the little engine that could, that did. And uh, I think I left that uh, program in great hands with Coach Stewart, Coach Andre, Coach DeMello, and, and those guys of, uh, you know, with a new field and new facilities and, no better alumni support uh, as I was walking out put them in a, in a great situation to sustain uh, the culture that we, we started there. 
Here was Shaka Daly, perhaps the best name in soccer. I love that name. My wife loves that name, by the way. She thinks you're the coolest dude out there, by the way. But, uh, you know, how about the drama of the Big Ten this year? Coming down, four teams had a chance to win the Big Ten title. Michigan State playing Indiana. You're playing Maryland. You find out that Michigan State and Indiana tie, and you went for it, Coach. And i got to tell you, coaches across the country are singing your praises for going for it. Talk about that decision. We knew going into it that uh, obviously we had to get lucky with Michigan State and Indiana tying. But both Indiana, you know, not conceding a lot of goals, Michigan State not conceding a lot of goals, we felt it could be could be a real tight game. You never knew never knew what could happen, but we prepared our guys for it going into the game the day before, days leading up, that if, you know, we, we get that chance, just focus on what we control we can control. And if the opportunity presents itself, I'll let you know. And when I let you know, we'll make some changes, and you'll know the players that are coming in. And, and when we do that, we're we're going to go for it. You know, there's no no time like the present. And certainly found out. I, I confirmed it four, five, six times with the staff. <laughs> you know, as as our director of ops was, you know, uh, checking the scores on Twitter and every single news feed that we could just to confirm. And then we communicated to the captains, and then we had a little bit of break in action with an injury. We brought them all in, and we told them and. And the guys uh, gave them a little bit of a boost, and, and we certainly went for it. And, you know, winning at Maryland is no no easy feat, uh, but certainly, especially when you're playing for the title, because both of us were at that point, because if Maryland beat us, they won the title. If we beat them, we won the title with a tie. So it was certainly like a final, a 30-minute final, which was amazing. So it was pretty cool. So why not go ahead and win the double, right? Uh, I remember your first year, you were in the championship game, taking on Michigan State at Northwestern. Here you go again, but this time you're the regular season champ. So why not go ahead and win the double, right? You beat Wisconsin, then you face the winner of Indiana, Ohio State. What's been the message to the team as you get ready for Grand Park, Indiana, this weekend on the Big Ten Network? I mean, nothing changes. You know, Wisconsin is a, is a very challenging team. They have the offensive player of the year. He's a top player. And uh, Mr. Mueller, and, and certainly you have Barlow and Sykbers, you know, those guys are a handful for any college team in the country, and they've had a, a very good season, you know, on the brink of the NCAA tournament last year. I think they're in the NCAA tournament this year with all the quality that they've presented, and, you know, we had them at home, and obviously playing them on a neutral side is going to be different, um, and certainly we're just treating it one game at a time. You know, if we're fortunate enough to to get past Wisconsin, then we can think about the next day, but we're just focused in on Wisconsin and what they do well and their potent attack, and hopefully we can we can contain them and we can, we can get things going on our side of the ball, too. All right, you just said some big names for Wisconsin, but let's talk about your side of the ball because there are some big-time players for the University of Michigan. Francis Atua-Henny, for my money, win healthy, I think might be the most outstanding player in the country. Yeah, he doesn't have the numbers to support that this year, but I'm telling you, when he showed up, he was 20 yards ahead of the rest of the team. Now you got players that can almost keep up with him. Two more right to dreamers in, in uh, Osman and, and Zaki, and then you've got the babyface assassin and Robbie Murch. You've got Serta in the midfield. You got Borges in the back and uh, Stevens on the right side. Pretty good team, coach. Yeah, don't forget Jack Hallahan as well. Uh, he's not bad to you. Their first team All Big Tenor, by the way. Yeah, yeah, he's had a he's had a fantastic season. But you know, Francis is uh, you know unfortunately was injured the first part of the season, and he's just starting to hit his stride. So you know, lucky for us, he is at this point in the year. He scored three, I think, in the last three two game winners. So you know, he's starting to roll a little bit now with six goals and like nine games played. So you know, he's starting to get cooking. And Mohamed Zaki has been 
was injured early in the season. We had to rely on Evo playing as a center forward. Evo started playing as a center forward, but now he's back in midfield in his in his natural position and, and doing a great job, disciplined performances, very mature and, and hardworking, along with uh, Robbie Mertz, um, who's been absolutely fantastic, logged the most minutes within our group. He's a workhorse just like Evo. And then uh, certainly Jack Callahan, you know, is, is plays on the left, plays on the right, kind of plays where he wants, you know, when he's in the mood. And uh, he's certainly having a, a great season with seven goals, seven assists, leading the team and deserved first-team performer for sure, first-team All-Big Ten. And, and then we have Umar Farouk Guzman, who sometimes starts, sometimes comes off the bench, who's, who's electric, you know, out in the wide areas or in center midfield. So we think we have a few guys that can cause some teams some problems, and hopefully we can we continue to, to roll here and, and have a great game against Wisconsin on Friday. Well, you've also got some youthful talent out there you mentioned the right to dreamers but you're holding mid as a freshman and you decided to make a change in goal as well with a freshman tell us about those two players yeah we have uh mark abara who's probably played the second most amount of minutes besides robbie mertz within the team who's uh, a freshman from ann arbor a holding midfield player who's excellent he's been consistent he plays he comes from a local club uh, michigan wolves with lars richters here who've got great pedigree of producing outstanding players for college soccer and beyond, for sure. And um, we have Henry Mashburn, who we uh, made a change five games ago uh, for Andrew Verdi, who's still a very formidable goalkeeper, uh, but just for form, we made a change, and, and Henry's done fairly well to this point, uh, being competitive. He's been sharp off his line. He's made some key saves when we needed him, so he's, he's done his part. And then we have also Jackson Reagan, who's played quite a few games as well. You know, through the injuries, the benefit of injuries, if you can stay afloat, is that Jackson Reagan got a lot of time at center back and as a holding midfield player in big games throughout the course of the season, some big Big Ten games and, you know, away to Notre Dame and, you know, Omaha at home, which is a tough opponent. So, you know, for us, he's, he's got great experience and we can certainly rely, rely on him coming into the game. So it's been, it's been exciting for the group and then certainly we have you know besides one of our captains billy stevens and potentially tristan jacob we could potentially have the whole group back next year so that's uh, certainly an exciting prospectus for our group but we're, we're working one game at a time and we're not worried about next year we're just worried about wisconsin on friday at 12 noon Yep, and that'll be on the big 10 network if you do these two or three things right you will in fact win the double in the big 10 this year <laughs> take one game at a time for sure uh, can we contain Wisconsin's offense and then be mature enough to see the game through and, and then, uh, you know, have enough um, depth and maturity in a performance to compete against whomever we play against on, on Sunday. So, you know, we, we certainly respect Wisconsin. They're going to be a very difficult opponent. Um, we're excited for the opportunity to play in the semifinal. None of these guys have ever done that, played in the semifinal, so they're excited about that. And, uh, in a great tournament setting in Westfield, Indiana, and uh, the Big Ten puts on a great product. You know, putting the, uh, the Big Ten tournament at a local site amongst the tournament, neutral site, so uh, our players can play at a, a nice venue in preparation for you know, what the Big Ten's looking for. You know, the Big Ten's looking for someone to come out of our league to win the national championship. So, you know, they put on that site over three days, and hopefully, um, you know, we can put together a nice product for the fans and, and uh, and our guys uh, come to play. 
And as you know, this program is about the coaches, for the coaches. you got a pretty good coaching staff that you're proud of, Shaka. Yeah, no, they, you know, they say coach of the year. We're fortunate uh, to get that this year in the Big Ten, but certainly I think it's coaching staff of the year. You know, we have coach Tommy McMenemy, who's from England, who's a graduate of Columbia. We have uh, coach Johanna Bondo, who played for me at Providence, who's our goalkeeper coach. We have coach Marcos Ugarte, who's a volunteer, who actually played for me at Providence and at Michigan. And then we have our director of operations, Justin Maker, who's an a integral part of everything that we do as well in organizing you know, video to, to everything that our guys do. So our coaching staff is, has done a, a great job of putting the guys in a position to be competitive this year, and, and hopefully we, uh, we can keep growing. Shaka Daly, Shaka Daly. I love saying it. Shaka Daly, the head coach of the Michigan Wolverines men's soccer team, the Big Ten regular season champs. Shaka, I'll see you on the Big Ten Network on Friday in Grand Park. Perfect. Thanks, Dean. Thanks for having me on. Great time of the year for college soccer. I love it. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with another visit with one of our outstanding members of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30. This time it's Rory Lynch, who is the assistant coach for Fairleigh Dickinson University Florham in New Jersey. It's Rory Lynch next on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Still managing your club or league on paper and spreadsheets? Go paperless with Team Snap. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, they have way fewer paper cuts. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Now, here's Dean. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. The focus today on men's Soccer last week, women's this week, men's You've great made program your home so far. And as for the always, holidays. Now, what about you? Azura Skin Care Center in Cary can help. You can't put yourself in the dryer and come out wrinkle free, but you can save up to $200 on fillers this month at Azura or enjoy their signature facial and one hour massage for just $150 when booked together. That combo will have you relaxed and radiant at the turkey table, no matter how much Aunt Marge drinks. So don't miss out. Book your appointment now at azuraskin.com. Skin.com because you deserve to sparkle too. Welcome to the show. Glad to be with you, Dane. Yeah, pleasure to be with you. So, first off, love the accent, right? We love talking to people from Ireland, uh, always from the northwest coast of Ireland. Tell us how you ended up in the United States, Rory. Uh, yeah, so I grew up in Sligo, Ireland, uh, back in the west coast. Um, obviously, soccer has always been my passion. So, I did my undergraduate degree back home in Dublin, in University College Dublin. Um, when I graduated there, I originally actually came over to California. Uh, working with an Irish camp over there doing summer camps. I uh, love the way of life, love the American people. West Coast was a bit far for me, though, so I ended up on the, the East Coast working in Boston uh, for Global Premier Soccer, one of the biggest academies on the East Coast. Uh, from there, worked for about five years in Boston and uh, New Hampshire um, offices. Um, from that, then, I decided to go back to school, did my post-grad here in the States, uh, from there, then, I obviously got offered a, a chance to come down to New Jersey as a director of coaching and sort of influence the program and mold it and jumped on that. While I was here then, I got talking to a couple of college coaches. The uh, head coach is uh, another Irish guy, Tom, um, Tom McLaughlin, who works for, has been with Fairleigh Dickens for the last 30 years. So I got talking to him. We obviously found out about my background um, and my sort of coaching experience brought me on board three years ago and uh, it's been a pleasure to work with them since what made you want to be a part of the united soccer coaches 30 under 30 program rory i had followed the 30 under 30 for a couple of years uh, before applying myself obviously 
I wanted to make sure I'd got the credentials to sort of match the the people that have gone before me. Um, I really seen it as a, as a massive opportunity to both grow as myself, but also the programs that I can influence. The better I get, the the more I can pass that down the ladder to grassroots soccer and, and the college level and the young men I work with there. Um, I applied last year, didn't get in, and that sort of strived me on to, to apply again and, and better myself and make sure my application was, was shinier and prettier than it was the previous year. So, you know, since my previous year's application, I went ahead and got my UEFA B license through the FAI, did my United Soccer Coaches Premier Diploma, uh, did the USSF license that you alluded to, um, and I was lucky enough to be selected this year. When you think about uh, being part of this program, what are you most excited about, Rory? One of the big things uh, that I was really looking forward to was working with uh, a mentor. So my mentor is John Fitzgerald over in uh, Long Island. He's the head coach of the U.S. Merchant Marine Academy. Um, and we also had a, a little bit of a tough season this year with FDU, and it was brilliant for me to be able to get on the phone to John, call him up, bounce my days off, and talk to him um, you know, at different stages of the season. So that was a real asset and something that I've really got out of the 30 under 30 in this early stages. Why was it important, in addition to your role with the Cheshire Soccer Academy, to get a job coaching in the college ranks? It's important to me to, to challenge myself. Obviously, college soccer is, is highly respected over here. And, you know, the level is extremely high. So it was important for me personally to make sure I was continued being challenged at the highest levels. Um, but it was also a passion of mine and somewhere where I hope my career path leads me down the line is I would love to, to lead a program, you know, be it D3, D3, D2 or D1, and mold it, you know, after my own philosophy and my own principles. And, you know, just working with young men at that stage of their careers who are passionate about the game is something that I've always been, you know, looking to get stay involved in. So, uh, you know, coaching in college soccer is something that gets me up in the morning and keeps me hungry in the game. You're hearing the voice of Rory Lynch, assistant coach with Fairleigh Dickinson, the Florham Campus D3. Didn't hurt that you spoke the same language as Tom McLaughlin, the 31-year head coach. He's from Belfast, Ireland. Obviously, I'm having a little fun with you, but uh, certainly you had that connection. No, that was massive for us just to be able to, to come in. And obviously, we grew up knowing the same soccer back home. Uh, it, it's interesting, you know, Irish soccer has a, a bad reputation on the international level of being long kickball, but... Me and Tom both, you know, want to get the ball down the ground at FDU and, you know, get the ball moving through the phases and look to create nice, attractive soccer. And, you know, they're the recruits we try to bring in. So it's interesting that although the international phase of, of Irish soccer is long ball, both of us grew up in a philosophy of get the ball on the ground and work it through the phases. Roy, coming over from Ireland and obviously short of the massive disappointment of the U.S. not making the World Cup for the first time since 1986, when you look at the growth of soccer in this country and Major League Soccer just blowing up, uh, what do you say to your folks back home in Ireland about uh, where soccer is right now on the world stage here in the United States? Yeah, no, like the last 30 years have been unrecognizable in soccer. Obviously, this has been a massive disappointment this year with them not making it. Um, I think, you know, there'll be a, a lot of a lot of reflection at the top level all the way down in terms of how they can stop this happening again. But everyone back home is well aware of, of U.S. Obviously, you know, Ireland had a, an amazing run at USA 94, one of the World Cups we qualified for. Um, so we have very fond memories of soccer in the United States and the stadiums, giant stadium playing Italy. Um, but, you know, the MLS is actually growing massively. I have friends back home who, you know, are up at one o'clock in the morning watching games with the time difference. So it's, it's really taken off back home as it is around the world, I think. 
Your greatest memory, playing, coaching, anything related to soccer, doesn't have to be in this country, could be over in Ireland. What's your number one memory that has kind of shaped you in this game? Well, my playing career, it was a, a couple of uh, couple of times we won the under-18 championships back home, which is obviously nice. But i, I got to say, I've gotten more out of coaching, I think, than I ever did playing. Uh, my greatest memory is probably my U16s um, GPS team when we were back in uh, New Hampshire. We, uh, we had an A team and a B team both entered into the State Cup. B team was not expected to do much, and we ended up meeting our A team in the final, played our hearts out, and we ended up losing 1-0. But I must say, the, the boys and the character and the sort of ups and downs that we had throughout that season, that was a, a real real highlight of my coaching career so far and something you know at the youth level that I, was, I really enjoyed. And the most influential coach, or you mentioned the fact that you're excited about working with the mentor program with the United Soccer Coaches, but the most influential person that uh, has influenced your career in the United States. Stevens head coach currently is, uh, is another mentor of mine, Dale Jordan. Uh, he's a guy that you know I regularly on the phone with over and back. We we throw ideas off each other. Um, we both again have the same similar philosophy in terms of education and learning, share book ideas. Um, so he's been the head coach at Stevens now for two years. They just won the Empire Eight this year, and congratulations to him. Um, but he's been a real mentor of mine over the last sort of 12 to 18 months, just in terms of being able to get on the phone to him, ask him questions, you know, passing me wrong you know, articles, and, and being able to watch his teams play and come and watch some of his training sessions to pick up ideas. He's been a real mentor to me over the last while, and someone that has, uh, has just a brilliant, uh, brilliant attitude towards the game, and someone that Stephen should be lucky to have. Coming over from Ireland and uh, enjoying life as well here, both uh, at Fairly Dickinson, Florham, but also at the Cheshire Soccer Academy, where you continue to do great things. What makes that academy so special, Coach? So they've been going for about ten years, uh, so it's a brilliant opportunity to come in and just have fresh ideas and, and take a fresh look at what they've been doing. Uh, so I've been there about three years now, and we've you know been implementing a new Premier Program. We're getting more training time for our teams, more access uh, to our, our teams in, in EDP. Uh, we're getting our coaching staff much more um, involved in, in coaching license and coaching education and the importance of that and the importance of growing. So it's been a real sort of pleasure to be able to come in with fresh eyes to a program after doing my master's and taking a year out of the game and then to get that fire lit underneath you again and really look to, to move on a program. There won't quite be 30 in Philadelphia as part of the 30 under 30 because you've got some more important business going on at the same time. What are you doing, Coach? No, unfortunately, during the convention, I'm also getting married. <laughs> I had uh, suggested to my beautiful fiancé that we might move it a week, uh, but apparently that's not been an option. So unfortunately, this year I'm going to have to miss it, which is you know devastating for me. And, and I'm missing out on all the brilliant um, presenters and meeting you and the other people involved in the 30 under 30. Uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to attending many, many conventions into the future. Trust me, every married man. Yeah, indeed. Trust me, everybody listening right now is saying, uh, "Meeting me over getting married to your beautiful bride." I'm telling you, everyone's taking them. So, uh, congratulations, good luck on your in, uh, upcoming nuptials, and uh, all the best. We'll miss you in Philadelphia, but we'll see you down the road for sure. Okay, Coach. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks so very much.
Well done, Rory Lynch, another outstanding member of the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 program. Also want to thank Rob Keel, the Director of College Programs for the United Soccer Coaches. How about Chad Wiseman, top man for the Western Michigan Broncos men's soccer team, number four in the country and hosting the Mid-American Conference Tournament this weekend in Kalamazoo. And Shaka Daly, the winner of the Big Ten regular season. They'll be in the Big Ten Tournament this weekend in Grand Park. want to wish all of the soccer teams at every level, D2, D3, junior college, you name it, we've got you covered. We love what you're doing out there as well. Thanks to all the outstanding members of the United Soccer Coaches, including Ashley Goodrich and Kurt Austin and the entire gang. For each and every one of you and everybody at the United Soccer Coaches, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week as we march toward crowning the champions. Stay with us. The United Soccer Coaches podcast back and better than ever. Next week, Dean Linke saying so long. By being a member of the United Soccer Coaches, you are a part of the world's largest network of soccer coaches. Here, you can find coaches who are passionate about bettering themselves and their players. Go to unitedsoccercoaches.org to find out more.